Earth to Brit can be found wherever you go for your next podcast fix. My handle on Instagram and Facebook is Earth to Brit Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Earth to Brit Pod. Emails can be sent to earth to Brit.podcast at gmail.com. The podcast website is www.anchor.fm slash earth to Brit. Remember, Brit is spelled with two T's. B-R-I-T-T. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. This is a Yellow Wave production. Hey, hey, hey. How are you guys doing? It's been two weeks. I took last week off and I really needed it. I'm not going to lie. It was also really hard to get back in front of the mic this week. Harder than it usually is, which is not easy. (laughs) Okay, okay. I digress. I am not complaining and I don't want to start this episode off in a negative note. Not negative at all. I'm just being honest and I find it kind of funny. But I, I dude, I really was just like, oh my God, this is going to be crazy because just taking one week off was just so nice, but also made it so much harder to come back in, on both ways. Like, I don't know how else to explain that. So I'm just going to move along and let you know that this week I'm actually going to be focusing on somebody I covered shortly on an earlier episode. So season two, which we're still in episode six, it's called day jobs, where I talked about serial killers, well-known serial killers and their day jobs, which was so much fun, but also so terrifying. Dennis Rader, anyone? Seriously? No, I mean, grabbing my hair right now. I cannot get over that. Listen to it right now if you're curious. But this week, I am talking about one that was kind of towards the end and if it, it's a very, very, very interesting one because we're talking about a female serial killer. Her name, and real quick, a little bit of a note. As always, I do my best to pronounce these names and places and words correctly, and I don't always succeed. This is not an ignorance thing, or maybe it is. I, I don't know. I don't know how to say this positively correctly, but I do my best. Her name is Mayuki Ishikawa. And again, like I said, famous woman serial killer in Japan, post-World War II, and it is uh, alarming and interesting and so sad and devastating, and not just her part in it, but the, the situation in Japan during this time frame in general. And these poor parents who cannot physically, financially, anything raise these kids. And I can already hear everyone right now, then don't have sex. All right, Susan, chill out. Grandma, grandpa, we didn't, we're not, we're not asking for that opinion. Okay, keep your opinions to yourself. We get it. That's what creates babies. When a man loves a woman, blah, blah, blah. We've all heard it all our lives. We're, I'm not here for that. Don't worry. It's me, Brit, at Earth to Brit. I'm here to bring you just the facts and like 
the perspective I can see from everyone's view, but not that. I don't want anyone to think that's what this is about. It's not. I get it. There are solutions. There are this and that. But at the same time, like instead of worrying about how to fix that, because let me remind you, this was in 1945 and then on, but this time frame, it already happened. We can't change it. So just enjoy the story in the version that you know what I mean when I say enjoy, you get it. I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you learned something. But we are going to be talking about Mayuki Ishikawa and that whole situation in Japan, which I urge you to do some research on if you're like me and just can't get enough research. Oh my God, you guys, it's wild. And it's so, so sad. It's just so sad and devastating, just like a lot of the world at that point in different ways and different levels. But I I can't get into that, you guys. I just can't. It's so crazy. But so we're going to talk about her. And like I said, she is a part of episode six, which was such a good episode. So much fun. So much fun to do. So much fun to listen back on. Lots of great feedback. It is a good episode. So go ahead and listen to that if you're curious. But she was covered quickly, just like they all were. Nice little snapshot. Um, and so now I go into a little bit more information about her and her situation and what happened and some other random facts around the situation and around her and the time frame and what's going on in Japan and all that fun stuff. A quick little history lesson with a lot of murder. <laughs> a lot. So none of this is too much to handle, by the way. I don't go into detail because this is cons- talking about infants. Um, I don't, I don't make you cry. And if you do cry, I'm sorry. Um, maybe you're just like me and sensitive and cry over things, but, and it is a sad thing, but I'm just letting you know it's safe. You can listen to this and not feel this isn't like a trigger situation. And if it is, let me know so I can do a little update, but I am very, very confident and able, able to say that there's no trigger warning for this, just a history lesson that is absolutely fascinating and terrifying and horrific and just super sad at the same time. Um, hi for anyone just now listening. <laughs> That's what you get at Earth to Brit usually. So yeah, we're going to do that real quick and then go to bed. <laughs> at least me. So get your drinks ready, get your snacks ready, whatever it is you do, what, get your shower started if you are a shower listener. Whatever it is you do when you binge my podcast or any podcast, get ready for that and we will do the thing. On January 12th, 1948, two police officers from the Waseda Precinct in Tokyo accidentally came upon the remains of five infants. While that shocking find was clearly suspect, it was affirmed by an autopsy that showed that the infant's deaths were not natural. So that's red flag number three, at least. (laughs) An investigation led to the arrest of one Miyuki Ishikawa, two conspirators, and the reveal of a morbid practice that included the death of over 100 infants. The number to this day is unknown. There's actually some people who think it's over 300, but we know for sure that it's at least 103. Wild, right? You're wondering probably, how does this happen? 
Uh, well, there's a lot of ways and it's kind of like the perfect shitstorm. So we'll get into that in just a second because I want to talk about Mayuki. Much of her early life is unknown and so is her death, by the way, which I find absolutely crazy. How is this? How is this? Okay, so how is this is something you're going to ask yourself if you're like me about a hundred times during this episode. Okay, <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think of all the ones that I've already asked just in this first paragraph and I've lost track, but she also, when you find out what happens when she is caught, it I don't understand. I really don't understand and I, I'm trying and I, I don't, I just don't get it. But before we jump the gun here, let me just talk to you about, aside from the fact that we don't know a lot of facts, we do know a couple of things. And that's what I'm going to tell you now. She was born in 1897 in the southern Japanese town of Kunitomi, and she attended and graduated the University of Toko. Later on, she married Takeshi Ishikawa. So her career led to her being a midwife at the Kotobuki, let me try that again, Kotobuki Maternity Hospital, and then eventually she became the director there. So abortion was not legal in Japan during this time, which is crazy because of the whole fact that there's those 2.6 million children being born between the years of 1947 and 1949. And I'm not talking, by the way, annually. So from 1947 to 1949, every year during that time frame, 2.6 billion children. That's not even a, there's not even a term for that. Most post-war babies are called baby boomers. That doesn't apply here because it's astronomical. There's no comparison. There's just not. Not to mention all of the trauma that they're experiencing having to surrender in the war. The fact that they were in a war. The fact that there was the atomic bomb. The fact that even before that, they were there were so many poor people who can't even barely feed themselves. And then now you're doing a post-war view of everything and, and the atomic bomb situation, which is just horrific. I, I don't know how they survived at all, let alone had children. And that's kind of where this comes in. This is uh, a cute little story, if you want to call it that. So abortion's not legal during this time, which means a lot of couples were having kids that they were physically, mentally, emotionally, just all of those things. They were unable to take care of them. Also financially, that should probably take precedence. Um, like if you can't financially do something, it's just don't, you can't do it. But you know, they're stuck because they can't, their abortion is not legal. So Mayuki sees this and she's also aware that charitable resources were sparse, if not non-existent. And so she decides basically like flips the switch, cold calculation it's going to be best if these children are killed. So, okay, here we go. Here go, think of, of branches going off in 500 directions, and that's where my brain is going right now. My first thought is, okay, so she's going to kill all these kids. That's bad enough, right? How is she going to kill them? Because that's very telling. And also, if you have any mercy for anything, so you've decided to do something that you actually have no right to do, whatever, that's another branch. To do it in a way that shows mercy makes me feel relieved because I know that this has already happened. There's nothing I can do about it. So I feel better 
not that this is about me, but I feel better knowing like, oh, it was quick and painless. Like, oh God, that breath I didn't realize I was holding in. Whew, that feels good to breathe again. Not so for this. Granted, it depends on your, like if someone's, would you rather drown or burn? You know, those questions like this or that. Someone might not agree with a certain death that I view as peaceful or quick. That aside, again, just another branch. Um, this one I don't I don't like at all because it's like the most terrifying and the longest way for someone to die. She she just decides that through neglect, she's going to murder these children, um, and then take solve the problem basically. Neglect. I can't think possibly of a worse way to go. That is absolutely. I mean, I'm not trying to bring up another horror and true crime situation over here in Germany with the Auschwitz and the Holocaust and just the the horrendous human acts and the neglect on top of the abuse. I mean, it's crazy. And that's similar to what she's doing. Just not even taking care of these children. Can you picture a child, a baby, Neglected, not getting fed, touched, um, changed. I mean, I don't, I cannot handle that. The thought and how long that would take. It's just like, why, why? It's almost like she knew that that's, in her mind, this is what I know has to be done, but I don't know that I can do it necessarily. So that has to be the reason she chose neglect. It has to be. So anyways, like I said, between 103 and un- unknown number, and it's still not for sure. So there were other midwives in this hospital who knew about this happening, and the local government ignored the deaths. Like, they also knew, ignored it. And because of that, a lot of midwives would continuously leave the hospital. Like, I can't handle this. This is happening. And the government knows about it and not doing anything about it, which they're probably like, yeah, this is shitty. But you know what? So is the situation we're in. We have too many people being born. It's crazy. Like, it's a it's a moment where it's leading up to change. Kind of like right now with so many things. But again, I've said it before in another episode. This is history. Like, this is what humans, this is what we do. It's a cycle. And we build it, build it, build it, and then change. And then build it, build it, build it, and then change. So this isn't a first-time thing. This isn't foreign. This is natural. It just feels unnatural because it's so, it's just so crazy how it has to happen. And maybe someday it won't have to happen like this. Well, I mean, stay tuned, I guess. We'll find out, hopefully. But, um... What was I saying? This is <laughs> this is a problem with me. I don't remember what I was going to say. I felt like I feel like it was really good, but I don't know. So yeah, either way, there there are a lot of issues, but it's also like everyone is so overwhelmed that they're not doing anything. They're the government's probably grateful in a weird, sick and twisted way, and that's also probably why they ignored it as as they did. Um, But I I really like how the midwives, there was nothing they could do because if the government won't do anything, what are you going to do? Well, not necessarily that you can't do anything, but I get it. So they left. They can't be a part of it. I understand that. So if the act of killing the defenseless babe, these defenseless babies, these innocent babies, isn't bad enough for you, 
She then decides to, you know what, I'm going to get my husband on board with me and another doctor and take advantage of this situation I have found myself in, this decision I've made. And uh, it's obviously working. You know, the government's not doing shit. So let's let's make a business out of this. So Dr. Shiro Nakayami, Nakayama, he drew up a false death certificate for all of the infants that were killed. And Mayuki's husband went around asking these parents for large sums of money. Now you're thinking, if you're like me, hold on now. So the reason she did this is because they didn't have enough money to take care of this child. So now she's asking them for large sums of money. Small, does anyone else smell bullshit in the air? Well, there is for sure. But also she used this as an excuse. She basically said that these sums of money that whatever they came up with, it would be cheaper to do that and pay them instead of raising the child. And while she's probably right, it's also just like another tick in like her disliking her. Like the whole I can't stand you factor. So don't forget, January 12th, these two police officers accidentally find these babies, five babies, which I'm just picturing the scene like, oh shit, god damn it. And then they do the whole autopsy thing because five babies is unnatural. And then they find out it's not natural how they died. Like, oh, great. Now we have to actually do something. That's how it feels, right? So once they finally do something and investigate, which to me, it's not much of an investigation since you already know this was happening. Not those police officers, but the government. Um, eventually, she's arrested as well as her husband and uh, that doctor. And then a citywide search is happening because of this, because they know there's got to be more. I would be so nervous to be on that search. Like, what kind of shitstorm am I about to walk into and what am I about to find? Well, there's a lot they didn't find. But what they did find is this um, this mortician's house. They had found 40 infant corpses in the house. Then they found 30 more under a temple so weird and random like I can only imagine where else they could have found them if they probably weren't strictly bones or not looking in the right place or who even who even knows so let's get fast forward a little bit to trial and this is when it's just like so confusing to me what is going on how is this real life I don't understand. So she argues that the parents who deserted these kids, they were the ones responsible for their deaths. Okay. I mean, they're, she's got a point. Not okay, but that's how law works. Like she has a point. Uh, and so that actual claim that she's made gets a lot of support from a large section of the public. And it's a fact be, that is basically proven and reflected in their law, Japanese law, which gives infants almost no rights. Minus the fact that abortion is illegal. It's very confusing. I understand. Just stay with me. We're talking 1945. So we've come somewhat farther than that. But still, just it is what it is. Can't do anything about it. That's why that's what I have to tell myself. Maybe it'll help if I tell you the same thing because sometimes it's easy to get real heated, especially when we're talking about babies being murdered and no one doing a damn thing. So, after all this is said and done, whatever, 
she, you guys, this is where I just like, I had to set my book, like I had to set my book down and walk away because I, what the fuck? She is sentenced to eight years in prison. And for their part, her husband and Dr. Nakayama receive only four years of prison. So then Mayuki and her husband are able to send in an appeal and have their sentences like split in half. So she, instead of eight years, gets four years in prison and he gets two years in prison. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and uh, do what you need to do to accept that fact, because that is a fact. This is a true story. This shit happened. And that was their sentencing. And then I'll be back to wrap this up. This was a short one, by the way. I hope you appreciate that because it's still like such a wild case. I did not, I did not give you guys something half. Okay. I gave you a great story. It's just short. And right now I need a break. You definitely need a break because remember eight years and then it turns out to only be four and then four years only turns out to be two and at least 103 infants murdered. Okay. We'll be back and we'll discuss the aftermath and a couple more things about the trial and then go from there. The Innocence Project was founded in 1992 by Peter Neufeld and Barry Sheck at Cardozo School of Law, and it exonerates the wrongly convicted through DNA testing and reforms the criminal justice system to prevent future injustice. The Innocence Project's mission is to free the staggering number of innocent people who remain incarcerated and to bring reform to the system responsible for their unjust imprisonment. To get involved, you can go to www.innocenceproject.org and join a movement of 800,000 plus supporters on a mission toward criminal justice reform. Your contribution helps us continue the fight for criminal justice reform and exonerate wrongfully convicted individuals. Every action makes a difference. Do you guys remember when I didn't know exactly how to do a mic check? That was so cute. It lasted for a full three seconds. <laughs> now I'm a pro. Um, okay, so I had a comparison in my thoughts earlier. Like, this is the type of person I am. It's all last minute and the pressure behind it is almost explosive, but there is no other way. I do not know another way. How do people plan shit? How do you plan? How does that exist? I don't even want you to tell me. I don't want to know because that's not me. It just, it's like a round hole into a square peg. It's not going to happen. So this whole like meal kit thing, HelloFresh, all these others, you just get the general idea. You get the ingredients sent to you and, and, the, and the recipe, blah, 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 and the directions. And I'm not dissing on any of them. I think they are great. And I, I'm here for all of them. I don't want that shit. I want you to give me, I don't want to cook anything, whether you give me the ingredients or not. I don't want any part of that. I want the food cooked for me or ready for me to throw it in the oven and do my thing. That's it. The extent to which I'm willing to go is exactly that. Throwing that shit into the oven, walking away, coming back when it's ready, digging in. That is it. Same with the whole grocery pickup. People are like, oh, it's so great. You can just go and pick them up. And I'm like, okay, so yeah, that's a step in the right direction. But fuck that. I want that shit delivered. And that's why I use Instacart. Seriously, in the future, I guarantee it'll be people... 
I won't even have to order it. They'll know what I want. They'll bring it in and put it away in my house in a right, like nice planned way. And everything will look nice. And that is amazing. But until then, Instacart is what I do. It's where it's at every time. Why? I don't want to go pick up groceries. I don't even want to do that. I don't just like the meal thing. Don't send me the ingredients. I don't want that shit. Send me the meal and I'll cook it by cooking it. And, and that's where all I mean is heating it up. I just want to heat it up and eat it. That's it. Same with my groceries. I don't want to pick that up. Deliver it to my door, please. Thank you. Here's your tip for real. We back. Uh, how you doing? I'm curious as to what you did to get through uh, finding out that very dissatisfying sentence. Not that I'm all about that or think that justice is even possible through that, but still eight years turned into four. Are you serious? Anyways, we've, we've already talked about it. Um, I personally just finished off a jar of olives that I, if I were worried about what people would think about me, I would not tell you this next part, but I just got that today. Not even that long ago and they're gone. Should have gotten two jars. I'm kind of pissed about it, but I mean, I can't help myself. They just really, it's so good. Green olives, by the way. Oh, delicious. I still, I want more. I just finished a whole jar. How could I want more? That doesn't, it's not okay. Uh, all right. So let me just find where I wanted to talk about this because I just think like it's, it's so crazy that so much about her is unknown but it again, it all makes sense considering the fact that there was so much going on, so many, so much turmoil and poverty to begin with. But then after the war and after the trauma that comes with that for any country, no matter what, then the, the atomic bomb, which is just so embarrassing that that even happened. I am embarrassed on behalf of every human being. And I'm, I don't care what you think I'm doing. It, I'm saying it, whether you believe me or not, or whether you agree or not, that's embarrassing in my opinion. I cannot believe that we did that, but I can't even start with that. I can already hear so many people yelling at me, some of them cheering me on, some of them not, whatever. Story of my life these days, I can handle it. Um, wait, hold on. Okay. I can, I can I can kind of understand, but I'm also just like, are we that overwhelmed over there in Japan that this happened in just the this little prison sentence and then the fact that we don't know how many bodies for sure I get that when it's over 103 or at least 103 yeah okay I understand you're very nervous that you're not aware of the full amount 500% totally understand that but it is wild to me that we don't even know about her death we don't know when she died how she died what year I mean if you guys do a deep dive and find it let me know I did a lot of research, obviously, I always do, but I, I just, I couldn't find anything. And then I'm also very, I don't want to give out information that is not fully true because sometimes it happens on accident, but I always correct it. It's just, it's not something I want to get in the habit of, but it's just crazy to me. Like the, she is this, a woman serial killer who is a very intelligent woman, obviously, because, well, a lot of them are, but besides that, she was, she was a midwife, a doctor, and she was a woman. I mean, the, this, it's just not heard of often. And then the amount and the fact that they were children, it's just so crazy to me anyway. So I found out why 
they only sentenced her to the eight years, and that's because they viewed her homicides as a crime of omission. And I'm wondering, is it because she ne- that's how they died was neglect? Because to me, that is a crime, no matter how you slice it. But I get it at the time, infants didn't have rights. Apparently, neither did women because they weren't able to have abortions. And I'm not even getting into that conversation because that's, again, not even just another branch. That's a whole other tree. <laughs> Let's be real. And I'll take take it down sometime, maybe. I don't know, but not tonight. Um, yeah, it's just so weird to me. But whatever. That's me trying to understand. And sometimes you just can't. You just can't understand everyone. So, yeah, it's just crazy because so they appealed their sentences in 1952. So I know she lived, she was alive in 1952. Okay. I'm, I'm doing my best to find out anything about her death. There's nothing I can do. I, it's just not there. Um, oh, so there was, this is interesting. I don't know who this is, but Asahi Shimbun on January 17th, 1948, describes um, described this person, man or woman, I'm sorry, I don't know, they don't specify, but they describe their specific, can I speak today? What is going on? <laughs> describes their suspicion for the 169 murders. Again, that's when they thought it was 169. I don't know where that's coming from either, but they admit that they believe that she was just her murders was malice af like a forethought what am i talking about can we edit this out no don't leave it if you were able to make sense of that let me know because i am still looking at the sentence and i cannot understand what i just said so we're gonna just skip right over that and pretend it didn't happen (laughs) even though it did very it very much happened and it was very much painful for me and definitely for you and i apologize um So the aftermath of this, right, it's regarded this whole incident is the reason, the main reason why the Japanese government began to consider the legalization of abortion in Japan. And one of the reasons that this whole incident was thought to even have happened in the first place was, like I'm telling you this whole time, that number of unwanted infants that were born in Japan, that 2.6 million a year from 1947 to 1949. You guys, that's wild. So then on July 13, 1948, the Eugenic Protection Law, which is now known as the Mother's Body Protection Law, and a national examination system for midwives was established. So then on June 24, 1949, Abortion for economic reasons was legalized under the eugenic protection law in Japan. So it finally did become legal. The government was probably like, well, shit, we ignored this hot mess of murder going on. Infanticide. Why can I read that word and not say it? (laughs) Infanticide. I'm, I'm done. I'm giving up. This is, this is ridiculous. You look it up. It's a thing. Killing murder of infants, whatever. I'm, I'm not even embarrassed, embarrassed at this point. I'm just wondering what is happening. Am I having a stroke? No, I'm not. That's not funny. I wasn't trying to be funny, but it really is concerning sometimes when I can't talk. Um, 
they're like, oh, this whole murder sitch, we looked bad. We were ignoring it. Like, and we're going to tell women, like, this is starting to affect us too, y'all. This is affecting our, like, our economic status because you know the government's always better off. It's just the way it is, whatever. Um, yeah, maybe we should let women do what they need to do, I guess. And then that's what happened in 1949. History was made yet again as it's consistently being done. I love it. So I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode and learn something um no one's off limits apparently women can kill children i mean it's just like the world we live in you never know um but yeah i hope you did enjoy that you know what i mean by that and that you made it through my stumbling and mumbling and mispronouncing things and just freezing up because sometimes when after i've talked for so long and remember i've been home with my three-year-old all day I'm already done talking by the time one o'clock rolls around. Like I'm done. I don't want to say another word. The fact that I have to say, just even respond to somebody, yes or no, or okay. Sometimes I get so pissy about it. Like so mad that I can't just telepathically communicate what I'm feeling and what I need to say because I don't want to talk. So I think that's a part of it. What I, I mean, it is what it is. I'm not looking for excuses, but it's, it is definitely a thing because I'm exhausted and I'm sure you are too. And I hope that this helped you relax. If that's what you do is listen to this while you're relaxing. I know I listen to my podcast mostly when I'm in the shower and I love it. And if that's you, love that. I hope you're enjoying. I hope you're getting a nice steam. It's very important. Hygiene is key, especially right now during quarantine. Okay. I know things are happening more and more. People are going out more and more and being around other people more and more, but it's still different. It's still very different. And some of us are being very, uh, only every once in a while with that sort of thing. But again, either way, hygiene is important. Self-care is important. So whatever you're doing to take care of yourself, keep doing it. And whatever you're not doing, get, listen to me. You cannot, you cannot take care of anyone else or do anything else for anyone else without taking care of yourself. And even if there's no one else that you have to take care of, who cares? I don't care what, you do not need an excuse. You need to take care of yourself. I'm just trying to give you and everyone around listening a a visual for like why it's important. And for everyone, that reason is different. But here's the thing, whatever your reason, it is important and you matter. So you need to take care of yourself and do whatever that looks like for you. And sometimes it's, it's hard to start that and get that going, but you need to do it. And trust me, once you do, it gets so much easier and you're so much happier and more fun to be around and just you enjoy yourself more. It's really, it's a really, really great thing. Um, that being said, for anyone out there in quarantine without children, I kind of hate you. Do not get me wrong. I love my son so much and he is truly amazing, but I am so jealous of anyone without kids and the fact that you have this time and you can do all these things. And it's like, I have that. I have all these things I need to do, but I don't get to do a single one of them because he's three. Oh, and I don't spoil him at all. The opposite. I'm very, very good with like, I'm very French parenting. Look it up. That's what I do. He, he is not spoiled. Okay. Not by me at all, but he's again, three. So it's just, you can't, it's impossible. And there are days when I give up caring and then I'm like, this is great. And then there are days when I'm like, I just can't do this for another second. I'm going to run out into traffic. 
Um, I'm also realizing I just went on to a venting session and that was not planned, but apparently I needed it. So if you are still listening, that's amazing. And I love you extra. Don't tell, don't tell the others, but you're my favorite. (laughs) Anyway, again, I hope you enjoyed and I will see you for a new episode next week. Get some rest, self-care, self-care, self-care. Make it your mantra. All right. Love you. Bye. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, silly boy. Peace out. <laughs> Peace out. This is a Yellow Wave production.